You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Second down, play fake to Thompson. And across the middle, and it's intercepted by Jabril Peppers. He will go to the end zone. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. How's it going, Grump? Uh, I've been watching the 12th hour of the NFL schedule uh, show on ESPN, so I feel very versed in every possible nuance about the upcoming NFL schedule, or at least every moment that Tom Brady will be on national TV. Do you know the Bucks will be on national TV seven times this year? Hey, I look. I have no interest in watching that program. I, I gladly took my screenshot of the Giants' schedule and ran without having to watch a single commercial or anything. Uh, I, 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 the draft is like one thing where, yeah, I could get that information the next day, but it is such a pivotal thing for your franchise. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, and it's, and it's an actual decision that they are making. You know what I mean? That you can either applaud or or hate or you know agree with, disagree with, be intrigued by. This is something that we're all just you know subjected to. The schedule is the schedule. So well, whatever. quite frankly, it's not even a release show because all the teams release their schedules before the show starts. I know, you know, us giant season ticket holders, we got the email about. 7.40 p.m. when the show starts at 8. So it's like, you know, by the time you're, you're getting onto there, it's like I don't need to watch a three-hour commercial of who ESPN will be broadcasting. Yeah. You know, I don't really need to. And I guess, you know, we're spoiled. You know, the two of us, the people who listen to this podcast, you know, all of you guys out there, most likely you probably have the Sunday ticket or at least you have the Red Zone. So it's not as critical to know what the national game is. You know, it's like, yeah, it's interesting to know, like on a on a Sunday night, these teams are playing. But it's not as big of a deal as it used to be, you know, 20 years ago where you got your local games and, you know, maybe you'll see some other teams, you know, on Monday night. You know, now, you know, basically, if you wanted to, you can watch any game you want in your living room. So I think. The appeal of a quote-unquote primetime game isn't as important as it used to be. So, well, I, I think I think we're talking about two different demographics. I mean, and and this is just a guess because I'm I'm talking about myself here, but when when it comes down to it, that Giants game affects my Sunday so much. Where if we lose that game. I'll have the national games on with half an eye open on it and half an eye on my Twitter screen bitching and moaning about how we lost, etc. If we won, I can rest easy and watch whatever the fuck game is on without a care in the world and just be, just pure entertainment only. And I imagine that that's different for the casual football fan where a loss, you know, they're just happy to be watching football. Yeah, see, with me, I have a slightly different uh, cadence of how I go about my watching schedule. So let's let's assume well, we're going to talk about the schedule plenty in, in this episode. Yeah. But uh, the one thing that's interesting about this, the, the first take is 
there's a lot of one o'clock games this year. I mean, forget, you know, we have our, our primetime games. We knew we were going to have one against uh, the Eagles. We knew the Brady game would be uh, Dallas is one also, correct? Yeah, uh, no, Dallas not. is not. Okay. Well, oh, the Pittsburgh, the first game of the year. But, you know, this year we don't have many – we don't have any 4 o'clock games that are home games. And I think, you know, Grump has mentioned on this show quite a bit that he's a big fan of the 1 o'clock games, and I completely agree. So by the time we slept back from the Meadowlands back to our houses, it's around halftime of those later games. And to me, I always follow the same – you know, I watch – I'll watch division games first. At four o'clock, if you know, if there's not a conflict, then I'll watch games that impact us with our with a playoff run, and then I'll worry about the national game later. You know, it's, you know, um, Baltimore, Kansas City, most likely now a game like that will be a primetime game, so there's no conflicts. But, you know, to me, it's you know, and if we win or lose, I mean, if we lose, I'm going to be pissed, and I'm going to do pretty much the same thing Grump does. But that game on, you know, it's a, it, it's a marathon a season. It's not a sprint. And just because we lose a game that I'm annoyed we lost or, you know, pissed off we did or something, I am going to, you know, business is business. I still need to make sure that, you know, hopefully Dallas loses this game or Philly does. Or if I'm worrying about the Bucks for a wild card spot, that I, you got to keep your focus on watching. So I'm, you know, obviously I'm pretty pissed when we lose, but I still kind of like, all right, what, what else is happening? I need to wrap all my pissedness in something else potentially. Yeah, but the other thing kind of with like keeping an eye on my phone after we lose uh, is I'm watching those scores all around the league, the whole division, because at no point am I able to watch other than through Red Zone, which I, I find kind of frustrating. Um, it, I like it. it. I, I don't have a problem with it, but I don't want to sit and watch it. I would always want it on a second screen. You know what I mean? Like, oh, sure. like when sure. we're at the bar and we're watching a game on one screen and then red zone on another screen. I feel like I'm watching everything then. Listen, um, Grub, if I was president mm-hmm. and lucky for all you people, I'm not. But if I was, my first executive order would be requiring every bar and every stadium to allocate at least one screen to red zone channel. I mean, it's I think it's pretty ridiculous that they don't do it in NFL stadiums now. I mean, if they. You know, they want to enhance the view, the the fan experience at a game. They have to realize the fact that a lot of people in that stadium, you know, whether they're the hardest of hardcore giant fans, is cognizant of the rest of the league, whether it's for playoffs, fantasy playoffs. Yeah, playoffs, rivalries, you know, playoff implications, gambling, fantasy football. And, you know, we have four huge scoreboards at the Meadowlands. There is no reason that one of those four or two of them, you know, either side of the stadium doesn't have the red zone channel on at least at least during timeouts. You know, I, I, I think if you polled people and you could do it, you can find a way to make money around it. You can have it like 80 percent of the screen with a banner with advertising. So you're getting your advertising revenue. And, you know, to think that people would be distracted not watching your game is incredibly self-serving and nearsighted because people are checking their phones constantly. You hear it all the time. Oh, Gronkowski scored. I had him. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, fuck, the Eagles just scored again or something. It's 
this isn't the NFL of 25 years ago. I mean, everybody's all over the place with following different things and multitasking themselves. So, yeah, I mean, I would say during TV timeouts because Lord knows there's a we we spend half of the time at the stadium dicking around waiting for something to happen. Um, yeah, and if, also if, if the TV's going to time out, then at least give me something to watch. I'm not the one watching TV. And quite frankly, I don't think pe- I think the model of showing highlights is outdated. I mean, this isn't again. We don't wait to get our news by watching the nightly news at six thirty anymore. Right, yeah. Yeah, we get our information instantaneously. And to me, when you have those precious, I don't know what is it, twice a quarter, they may go to highlights from around the league and seeing a touchdown. They jam in the rest of the league into into like a minute flat. That's and it. Frank- and quite frankly, not all of them are highlights of amazing catches. It might be, you know, Todd Gurley with this two-yard run gave the Rams a lead. And it's like, okay, well, hey, I knew about that 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, and you're wasting time. I think if you just went right to, you know, the, I don't know, what is it, three minutes in between a TV timeout, if you just, it doesn't even need sound. I mean, no one's asking for it. We don't need to hear uh, Siciliano talking because uh, let the stadium have the, uh, you know, the sound of commercials or the in-game presentation, that's fine. But just, you know, they flip around enough that you can get, you know, a flow of what's happening. And quite frankly, there's no reason why it can't be on one screen all the time anyway. Well, look, I love the one o'clock games um, and, and there's a million reasons for it. But to me, that that epitomizes football to me is eating lunch and drinking beer at like 11 a.m. Um, in, in a parking lot uh, with potential strangers, people you know, people you don't know that well, you know, and, and and just kind of talking about who's injured and who's not and what we need to have happen and, you know, all that. I love that shit. But, you know, four o'clock, it gets to be a little like I'm kind of already fucking tired by the t- time that game is ending or I'm like really drunk. Um, and then the night games are just... I love watching them on TV. I don't mind watching night games on TV, but going to them is a hassle, and it's fucking cold. I I have a love-hate relationship with the time of games um, because to me, yes, 1 o'clock on 1 o'clock is fall, like classic to me. 1 o'clock on a fall afternoon where, you know, it's interesting. Like once the, the clock changes, like the shadows look different and everything's an hour – earlier and it just looks different and it really feels like fall but for me personally again a lot of time i am racing back at 6 a.m from gainesville from a gator game the night before and everything has to work pretty much perfectly for me to get to the Meadowlands by one o'clock so i like the concept of the one o'clock game i love the purity like you say but i'm also a person who likes a little convenience in my life and you know (laughs) That four o'clock game just makes my life easier. And the eight o'clock Sunday night game and even the Monday night game, while it's a pain in the ass to go to, again, makes my life a little easier. So again, um, I go when I see the schedule come out, my first thing instantly is, okay, let's look at my my spreadsheet of where I'm gonna be all week, you know, on Saturdays and in Sundays and go from there. But um I don't know. These are definitely first world problems and they're definitely problems I wish i have you know in this crazy world we're living in you know right now sure yeah i mean we may not be going to any games which is which is sad because i was looking forward to some of these destinations this year but so right now uh you know cranky fans 
bold prediction of there being no dates attached to the schedule smashed to pieces. Um, there were, in fact, dates attached to everything. However, the well, I, I will I will put a little asterisk next to that because when the Jets released there, the Giants, what they did was they had like on Twitter like the little they the uh, the picture of the schedule with dates. The Jets one only said week one, week two, week three, and that came up before the Giant one. So for a minute, I thought I was right. But well, yeah. congratulations on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but the prediction of having the division games all backloaded was pretty much right um, for the most part. Uh, Except for us. Uh, no, I mean, like even even for us, like yeah, it's it's not entirely backloaded, but it is it is jammed. Normally, we're looking at week one Dallas, and then like week three or something is Washington or or Philadelphia, and we don't have that this year at all. Um, we don't we don't see a division opponent until week five. Um, yeah, we have this crazy stretch grump where you have one, two, three, four, five out of six weeks are division games in like October eleventh through the bye week. So by the time we are playing. The Eagles on the fifteenth. We're going to be an exhausted team, who who have gone through a run of at Philly, Tampa Bay on a Monday night, at Washington, and then the Eagles. Well, look, so. when your team is bad, you're going to be an exhausted team, no matter how the schedule is structured. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I mean, it just I, I've seen all kinds of takes of you know. PFF ranks this, ranks this one of the easier schedules. Other people are saying we got hosed. Look, we're when you're a good team, every schedule looks like an easy schedule. When you're a bad team, every schedule looks hard. And first of all, that's all bullshit. It's because, all bullshit because we don't I mean, know what any of these teams are going to be like. This Tampa Bay team, if you're ranking it based on strength of schedule from last year, is complete nonsense. This is a completely different team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just a simple fact. Uh, you know, Cincinnati is now a completely different team because they have a, you know... A whole new quarterback and coach and everything. Right, and it was a rookie who may be, you know, out of the box really good or may not be. You you don't know anything. All these, you know, teams have different head coaches and everything. And so it's, uh, that's all nonsense. Strength of schedule is such such horseshit. And it's it's a lot like week one college rankings. They mean nothing. Of course. Yeah. Right. Um, So, you know, the NFL is slated to have the preseason start. August 13th, that's, you know... Sure. What, what is that, like 10 weeks away? Uh, Something like that. And uh, I'm going to go on, you know, I don't think this is even that much of a limb and say there will be no preseason games. They might have something possibly close to the public scrimmages between different teams to get the the purpose of what they're intended for is to evaluate rosters, but... Who knows even what rosters are going to be like this year? You might see some modifications to it where there are bigger taxi squads or different things to, you know, to compensate for the lack of real preseason, the lack of real preseason and the adjustments and when they want to ramp up things. It could be a hurry up and wait thing with this league where they may start training camp on time. And what if? Three people in the offensive line room all of a sudden get the virus. Oh, yeah. It's so that's the thing is that it only takes one case in a in a locker room and suddenly you have the potential for ninety guys plus your whole staff to have it. So it it really is a tricky situation and it could be a perfectly working executed plan until it's not. And that's that's really all it is. 
So. I mean, I do, I do applaud the NFL because everything they're doing right now is good PR for them. Like, yes, we're doing the draft on Zoom, and it was pretty successful. Yes, we're releasing the schedule as if. Perfectly fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with an as if attitude. However, we all know that week one, we will all not be in MetLife Stadium for the Monday night game against the Steelers. That doesn't mean the game won't be played. And it doesn't mean that game won't be played on that night. There is no chance we will all be in that stadium. All 80,000 of us in that stadium for that game that night. Yeah, it it seems very far-fetched, and I don't know how they're going to divvy up who gets to go in. I mean... Yeah, I I see, to me, it's an all-or-nothing thing, and there is so much money. I mean, you got to remember something, too, that a lot of these teams have invested a lot of money in their stadiums as well. I mean, you know, yes... A lot of cities have paid a lot of money for you know building team stadiums, but there's also a significant investment. And the Jets and the Giants privately financed their stadium. And yes, there's a lot of TV money that they'll get, which will compensate for it. But guess what? If there is no ticket revenue, no concession revenue, no alcohol revenue. And no ancillary revenue, like you know, all of a sudden that uh, that BTS concert, that Taylor Swift concert, that is, you know, none of those things are happening. And you know, I wonder if you know the is it better to have something than nothing at all? Well, that's up to the lawyers to tell us what makes more sense or not. So um, I personally, I think I said this last week, I'm going to stick with it. I think they will wait. They want they they want to have people in the stands as much as they can. And I think I think it's realistic that you may see the first four games of the season either swip swap to the end of the season or they just go with a twelve game season. It really is uh gonna be interesting how it works out. Um but assuming that everything goes to uh the date as as provided, um, with or without a stadium of people. Did you find it was interesting that the Giants are starting the season Monday night versus Pittsburgh? Um. Well, again, I think because they tried to do, you know, they tried to front load a lot of the teams with the, some of the non conference mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I, I I think it's that is going to be a big ratings game. The, the Steelers are probably one of the two or three most popular teams in the league, and the Giants are certainly in the top ten for that. Ancient organizations. Two old teams. I mean, really don't have really a history against each other any time in the modern era. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they are, they're two old teams. It's the uh, 10th anniversary of the opening of MetLife. You know, I don't think anybody gives a shit about Holy that. Shit, outside I didn't of, even realize that. Yeah, it's a tenth season for it. Um, I think it's a, uh, you know, it's an intriguing matchup. I think it's something where, you know, again, the league is looking to maximize the re- all the revenue they can get, and you know, the networks are too. And I, I think it's a it's a good start right off the bat for them. There are two teams that, no matter how bad the Giants are, still people watch, and 
you know, Saquon Barkley is, I would venture to say, for all you people who are under 30, probably one of the 10 most popular people in the league right now. Yeah. Whether it's warranted or not, he's a marquee guy. And um, well, I would say what's interesting, too, is that in addition to everything that you're saying, I think it's fairly evenly matched. Um, you know, Pittsburgh is no great shakes right now. Um, it, it they're they're starting to resemble the the final years of Eli and Coughlin with Roethlisberger and Tomlin. In my I mean, opinion, they were, they were a a borderline playoff team last year. And in fact, if they the new playoff system they're starting next year, they would have made it last year. Right. So they are, and we were a we were pretty bad. Well, and, I think you we're know, seller dwellers. There'll be there'll be incremental improvement, but oh, I, I think what I'm saying is we're looking at a team that sort of seems like they're on a decline from where they used to be, and I think the Giants are kind of viewed as being slightly on the rise. Uh, I don't know about I. I think they. I think there's a level below on the rise. I think it. I think it's definitely viewed as a team that is has bottomed out, but I don't think anybody's really going to be saying you know. A team that's going to surprise you this year is the Giants. I somebody think literally go... already said that. Who said that? Um, no, it was dude. It was it was Nance because they're calling the uh, the Dallas Giants game. Said that the Giants he thinks are going to be one of the teams that surprises people this year. Oh, all right. Well, Mazel tov. <laughs> But I don't I don't think the that's the league wide impression and the media impression of we are a team on the rise. I think we're looked at as a team that's. Getting their shit together, mm-hmm. I, I have cleaned okay, their house. I, I, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, but I mean, to me, that that looks like a better Monday night matchup is Giants and Pittsburgh than say Giants in Chicago, where that looks like it would be a brutal loss. Giants, Niners, Giants, Rams, Giants, Dallas. You know, that's the obvious one. What they want to pull it back. You know, do you think it's do you think it's interesting that they didn't have Giants Browns as the opening game. I, I, you know, I wonder how much the NFL likes to scale back from Beckham at this point. Uh, I, I think it was that in and itself is going to be a media circus and is going to be a um, a big rating. So why waste the big rating on opening night, which would be, you know, what, I think they want to yeah. make that a separate event. Yeah, I mean that could be. Now there's. I, this is just so interesting because it's been a long time since there's been like non-conference games at the back end of the season. But let's talk about Cleveland Giants. That's week 15. Let's just say both of them are in the wild card hunt. Is there a chance that game gets flexed? Sure. I mean, that's just so bizarre to have a Giants-Browns game be flexed. I would say, I would say any non-conference game being flexed. But then again, though. I hate to keep doing this because I sound like a a bad record that no one wants to listen to, but that game may not be ultimately a week 15 game. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I, I mean, we'd have to look at the schedule and see what the, uh, you know, the other matchups could potentially be, but sure. If that game is anything close to uh, implications for either team, I know I think proxy have to be implications for both. Um, but do we think that both teams Week 15 are still going to be hanging around for the playoffs. I think there's a chance that they would both be in the hunt, meaning they have something to gain, not necessarily something to lose. Right. So they're they're on the outside looking in, but still within striking distance. And to me, that's 
that's what flex scheduling is. It, you know, I, I I don't think a team that's you know twelve and three in week seventeen is going to be flexed. Is they're, they're in already. You know, they want the they want the most compelling matchup, which right. would maximize ratings for that weekend. That's there's there's your reason why they flex. It's really got nothing to do with. I mean, if if for some reason Dallas is playing Arizona. And it works out; they will flex it. But, but really, is for ultimately what's the what's the most compelling matchup? Get the most eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Now, if that game were to get flexed, do you think, or, or be in consideration to be flexed? Do you think the fact that it's Browns Giants weighs any any bit in their favor? Oh, the only reason why we're we're having this discussion is because of the the Beckham Giants thing. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there. I mean the. The Giants are a popular team. They are not the life and death what everybody cares about in the country. Oh no! Like no, we no. got, like we got to flex the Giants because they might make the playoffs. The, the reason why this game has really any juice is because of the Beckham thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Did you have any other impressions besides the one o'clock and, and the Monday night? I mean, Monday night versus Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. We called that when we knew that was obvious that was going to yeah. be a, a But we a didn't know that both that the, the, the Giants would host two Monday night games for the first time in the franchise history. That's That was interesting that we're hosting two. Yeah. Um, um Yeah, I mean I I think a lot of that's got to do with with the popularity of Barkley as well. Again, that's a, that's an eyeball attractor. Um but I think, you know, I think you need to see this year a breakout year from Barkley to maintain that level of national interest in him. Yeah, I think I think I mean, the league I mean, understands that a hurt guy is not going to produce, but they'll they'll have no sympathy for it. You know. Yeah, I mean, fair or not, this is his third year in the league, and if it's not, right, if it's not something where he plays 13 games this year and is not, I mean, if he just rushes for a thousand yards and plays 16 games, I mean, I think some of the interest in him will start to fade right yeah. I mean he has yeah. to have that 2016 Beckham in him where he's the whole offense you know when when they need a spark he's the guy who provides it and guess what this you know and we're gonna get into this a lot more in the next you know month or so about what you know position breakdowns really in the schedule but uh we're gonna kind of need him to be that guy this year you know until you know, as we implement a new offense and, you know, Daniel Jones is still getting his feet wet and we don't have a true number one wide receiver and who knows what the health of Ingram and, and Shepard are going to be and how the offensive line is going to gel. We're going to rely on on, uh, on Barkley to be a bell cow and make things happen and run a lot more than maybe we want to and ca- catch more out of the backfield maybe we want to. So, Look, I've defended him. I've defended the pick. Um but the fact of the matter is we're going to need him every year if he was going to be a number two pick. That's what number two picks in the draft do. Yeah. It just well, is just, what it is. Well, I was just talking about purely from a – the rest of the country cares about him as much that you know we ha- we will be on Monday Night Football because of him. Oh. I mean, not, yeah, I, I was straying a little bit from like for us to be successful. I'm talking about having that it. Like, oh, needs, sure, like, yeah. He needs to have a big year this year to maintain that it. Otherwise, he will not have it anymore, and it just he becomes just a really good running back, but something not something that uh, you know 
we're flexing rosters games to see him. Right. And and really, as far as running backs go, who's the last running back to have an it factor like that? Does it really go as far back as Barry Sanders? Uh, no, I think like Adrian Peterson okay. had an it. Yeah, AP had an it factor, yeah. Emmett had that. Emmett was, but Emmett was also part of a of a machine. It was kind of like watching those Michael Jordan Bulls where everything was, you know, you know, Irving was a character and Aikman was really good and, you know, just everything about them was just like a traveling circus. Like Todd Gurley, for example, is a really good running back, but he never had that. He's hit. not in it. Yeah, no, exactly. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, just, just kind of swinging back towards the schedule. You know, I, I do think it's a brutal stretch. I will say what you were saying about five of seven. No, five of six games are in a row are division, division game. games, and, um, and and the Bucks in the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> Tampa Bay. Um. I, I really – I'm getting sick at this point of seeing the Thursday night game implemented the same way every year. And I don't know – you know, we hear players complain about it. But, you know, it really does seem like bullshit to have a division opponent and then three days later another division opponent. That in itself is trash. I mean those games mean so much and to have no rest on them is is just not right. I, I think that they would like to clean that up, but I think this year they had bigger concerns of how they're constructing the schedule. Fine, I guess. But, you know, I, I'll say this every year until it gets fixed, but no team should be playing a Thursday night game without a bye week the week before. It should always be teams coming well, out of bye. you know something? This is where the union should be doing its job. I mean, they're I worrying about. You. I mean, they're worrying about shit like don't test for weed when – you know, the bigger things, if they really care about player safety, you know, they they should be more concerned about having equipment that's going to help them. And how about not playing games four days after the last time you played? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be something that will, you know, I, I get the need for the Thursday night game. I, uh, I Dude, I like the concept. I don't think it's a bad idea to start your weekend off coming into work on Friday with something to talk about, a national game the night before. The problem is nobody does because the product is always shit, which is why I don't understand why the NFL doesn't want something to do with it. Well, I mean, they just look at the ratings. I mean, again, that is out there to be more product to sell to the networks, and they don't, they don't care necessarily about the product. They care about the eyeballs. Mm. And that's where you know the hypocrisy of you know, Roger Goodell and the NFL where, you know, they could say anything they want about anything, but it comes down to squeezing as much revenues as they can out. And again, that is another reason why I think that the, the amount of games you will see without fans in them will be minimal, if any. Yeah, just, I mean, at least we can take solace in the fact that we're not traveling far at all. We have a home game the week before. The week, the week before, the three days before, and yeah. um, you know, then we only have to travel down the turnpike, so we can make that trip that morning. Well, the other thing is, doesn't Philly have a game that Sunday before as well? I, uh, yes, a hundred percent. I'm not saying that we are, got ripped off. I, I'm just, yeah. In general, it's every team that plays a Thursday night game. They all get ripped off of a game of of good product, of a chance for your good players to be rested and recovered. Um, yeah, I, I guess you know. You really don't hear. And by the way, this is the third year in a row we're playing Philly on Thursday night. Well, I mean, you don't really hear teams and coaches and 
people bitch about it. I mean, really, it's it's not something that's a continual talking point. You never hear, you know, the players' union bring it up as a problem. You never. It's it just seems like they just kind of accept it and just, you know, it bothers us more than it bothers, you know, they realize that okay, this this is, you know, it's one of the downfalls of being a popular team or and or being a good team. Yeah, you know, I don't know. you you get more of these, you know. Any opportunity that kind of deviates from their normal routine is not into their best interest, whether that means playing on Sunday night as opposed to Sunday day, whether playing on Monday, whether you're going to uh, Europe, which by all those games are canceled too. Yeah. 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 And that's another thing that they need to fix. Same, same issue. Um, they need to be coming off of a bye week. If you're going to do it that way, you got to do it so that, because those games are always horse shit too. We're, one or both teams looks like they haven't played in weeks. When in reality, they played just so close to now that they're just all fucked up. Well, quite honestly, the matchups are pretty uncompelling and are not very good over there either. So you're not watching, you're not really watching great football to start. You know, if you had them in optimal conditions, like how many times can you watch Jacksonville play Atlanta? And it's just like, it's not very good teams. Well, I mean, even when the Giants played there in 2007, on their way to a Super Bowl, that game looked like shit. Yeah. So, I mean, for starters, they were wearing the red alternates, so it was doomed to begin with. Right. But, I mean, even then, you know, a Super Bowl winning team played like horse shit out there. Yeah, but it also was that was also not uh, two things. One, I was at that game, and the the conditions were not that great. It it's kind it's of England. The conditions are always bad. Yeah, but I mean, it was like it was like rainy a little bit, and you know, and the field wasn't that. They hadn't perfected – like they don't have like like Tottenham Stadium now where there is a an NFL-specific grass tray that's put up for, for NFL games. And you're playing at – 2016, at you were there too. The Giants played the Rams. That game was a horseshit game as well. Yeah, we also weren't very good either. Well, I mean we did make the playoffs. So here we, I, I, I stand behind the fact that the 2016 team was – a wild card team at best with with an offense that consisted of one wide receiver, but yeah. a really good defense that you know kept teams down to you know what fourteen points or less every game. That's true, but it doesn't make for the most you know beautiful football. I, yeah, I guess so, or exciting football right. either. You're right. So. I'll take that. I don't know. Um, the bye week is is pretty late this year. Week eleven for the Giants, so they'll. they'll Already be ten, and then of of course we we've already talked about it ad nauseum. They have at Dallas versus Washington, at Philly versus Tampa Bay, at Washington versus Philly. Then their bye week, so that's quite a deep breath uh, for November twenty second. And then they go on the road back to back at Cincinnati, and then at Seattle. Yeah. So you know it's uh doesn't you know, this, get any easier. This definitely, if they are going to, you know, rotate the first few games into the back end of the schedule, you know, and you make that week 12 by all of this, I'm sorry, week 11 by all of a sudden, like week seven or eight, a little more palatable, I think. So, well, I mean, eight, eight is the perfect middle. So I don't know. Uh, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, as you said, they immediately go at Cincinnati and at Seattle, which, which is tough, but then they have a very, very nice, closing stretch of versus Arizona versus Cleveland at Baltimore versus Dallas. So all 
in New Jersey or just down the road to Maryland. Yeah. I mean, the last three games, all three of those teams could be playing for something for sure. So, um, well, I would think, I would think that Baltimore has the AFC North. Yeah, but they may not have it locked up by 16 either. I mean, I mean, is that a runaway division? No, I, I wouldn't say it's runaway, but I'd be, I would be shocked if they didn't have it uh, a playoff spot clinched. Probably not home field or anything like that, but I would think that they would have a playoff spot clinched. Yeah. But then again, we don't know. I mean, this this will be Lamar Jackson's third year in the league, but second year starting, right? Is that, that is correct. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we see it all the time where these guys – have a sophomore slump. So sure, sure. Um, you know, may, maybe I'm counting chickens where I shouldn't be. Well, we we think they're going to be a solid team. Let's. Be, I mean, you, you put them in that wide oh, range. Of- always dangerous, but you know, th- 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 there's a difference between dangerous and having your starting quarterback sit in the third quarter for your backup. You know, Grump, I'm thinking that might be a road trip for us. The Sunday after Christmas. Christmas is on a Friday. That might be a possibility. Is that a fly? Yeah, I guess that's a fly. That's a, that's a train. Oh, yeah? To Baltimore? I, I've never done it. I've never taken it's a train like, that long a distance before. I, I think it's... Is that it even like three, three hours? hours? Two hours and 45 minutes, maybe? And then yeah. you, to get to um, the stadium area, you just take the light rail right from Penn, Baltimore Penn Station. It's uh, it's not that bad. All right. Definitely something. It definitely could be an up and back, um, you know, based upon what... Uh, and there'll be a lot of Giant fans there, there too. Sure. Yeah, I would think so. Well, all I know is that I really hope that whether this season is played in front of fans or not, we're playing for something this year. Um, you know, like I said, when your team is bad, the whole schedule looks difficult. And when I look at the schedule, it looks difficult. Um, there are very few teams on this schedule that I am feeling okay going up against. Uh, yeah, and, and of course I, I, I'm gonna have to see it before I believe anything. But I, I think I'm a little. I think there's a combination of where I've kind of conditioned myself for two things. One about you know just being in this you know tenth week of this malaise where it's just like nothing seems real until it's going to be real. And also I've had it in my mind that we're one year away from really being serious about. Making trying to go for the playoffs and stuff. And I'm not overly concerned about, you know, how how we stack up against individual teams in this just yet. I'm still more inner focused on I want to see stuff out of us that says we are ready to beat these teams next year. The product on the field. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I didn't do the normal scan of like, okay. Uh, this could be a potential three-game losing streak or four-game. We're going to analyze this, and we start doing our way-too-early picks and stuff, what I next think. Next week. But, <laughs> yeah, next week, actually. But I'm not going to get overly worrying about particular stretches of it or even think I, I'm still – this year is really hopefully the last year of that. I'm worrying about myself first and worrying about my team first. Yeah, I get you. But that's it for the schedule release. That is – you know, what we're looking at right now, um, September 14th, Monday night versus Pittsburgh, all the way through to January 3rd at home hosting Dallas, um, which, you know, we we, I, we didn't say it this time, but I know we said it the last couple of years. I like hosting them 
week 17 or week 16. I enjoy that. Oh yeah. I mean, there's lots of reasons why one, it, you know, it could be for the division. It's possible. It could be for winners out of the playoffs. Possible too. We could be four and 12 and it could be a nice way to make some money on tickets. <laughs> possible too. <laughs> I mean, it's, We've learned with the NFL, and I think this year is going to be one of the craziest years we've ever seen, even crazier than the strike years when we had scabs playing and you know all stuff like that, where we have no idea what we're going to see when the first week of games start, if no there are. Idea. We have no idea how these teams are going to prepare. We have no idea you know, how rookies are going to handle you know, the uh, moving into this scenario. We don't know anything that's going to happen. So to be in the prediction business is really at this point glorified throwing darts at a dartboard. So that kind of makes it fun though. I mean, it, it also kind of, you know, think about it for a team like the giants, let's say they do decide they're not playing in front of people this year. Is it suddenly that scary to go into Dallas or to go into Philly? No. I, I really, I really think it levels the playing field for the teams that aren't as good because, you know, you're not dealing with all the aggravation of, you know, hostile crowd, can't hear snap counts, having your, you know, fire alarm going off in your hotel the night before, all that stuff. Hmm. So, you know, that's something that it could be a little bit of an advantage for the Giants and teams like Cleveland. They're trying to knock on the door as opposed to, you know. Green Bay has its home field advantage and right. Denver has that. So we'll see. There's something to kind of think about as we, you know, we start thinking about, you know, how are we really going to play this season? Yeah, exactly. And and starting next week, that's what the show is going to do. We're going to take a couple games at a time and actually break down some of the matchups where we anticipate we'd have some kind of advantage where we wouldn't, you know, the interesting things that we should be looking at including home field advantage, including time of day, including what that team what our opponent is, you know, coming off of the week before. So that's kind of what this show is going to do over the next couple of weeks while sprinkling in any news that, you know, comes through. Yeah, I mean, what what, what type of news would you expect to hear between now? Be, I think more would be like just like things like league-wide. You know, they've decided that we've canceled preseason. We've decided they're pushing back. That's, that's really all you're going to hear between now and – your second wave of free agency is 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 coming up as well. Now that the draft has been completed, you know we have that deadline for Marcus Golden. Um, you know things like that will also happen. But I was thinking more league wide news as well. Well, what what deadline would be for Marcus Golden? Didn't we tender? Uh, Marcus Golden's deadline is July twenty second to sign with another team, or he will play for the Giants at one hundred and ten percent of his twenty nineteen salary, or. Um, they can work out a deal for more. I mean, this is a tender like any other tender is a um, security blanket, you know, while you work out something else as well. So, you know, his his, his 2020 salary would be only $4 million. So I don't know if, if he thinks he's worth more than that, if we think he's worth more than that. Um, so, I mean, maybe they work out something for $5 million and he just signs. You know th- that deadline is for him to sign with another team. Gotcha. Okay. Or or he's stuck with us at that that tag salary. Um, 
But in the meantime, for any news that happens right off the bat, uh, you can get my initial reactions on Twitter at football underscore grump. And, um, you know, obviously we can use this show to explain them further, but following me there, I, I have my initial reactions. Catch me as always at the Cranky Fan where uh, I'll talk about anything. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the lack of Giant news, the lack of Knicks news, the lack of Gator news, the lack of anything. Uh, if you want to talk uh, the uh, the dinos of K- Korean baseball, I'm here for you. you want to talk horse racing? Let's do it. You want to talk? Uh, I don't know. What's that? What's the sport where you do the 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 tailgating thing with a, a beanbag. Help me out. What, are you talking about cornhole? Yeah. If you, want to talk, <laughs> if you want to talk cornhole, I'm here for you. Uh, you want to talk the uh, the MJ doc, I'm here for you. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, of course... That's a cranky fan. Yeah. I am here. <laughs> Uh, of course the show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play you name it, it's there and it has a Twitter account as well at JustGiantsPod so follow there for any new episodes that go up like this one yeah and we appreciate everybody who's who listens along, I know this kind of this is the, it'd be the dog days anyway, mm-hmm. the yeah. NFL season but now you know we're still staring at the abyss this is the dead dog days yeah, I mean my my uh, COVID beard now is rivaling the size of any uh, playoff beard I've had in the past. It's quite itchy, but I'm sticking with my castaway plan of not shaving until we are back out and free again. So that's my salute to somebody. <laughs> First responders, thank you. <laughs> I'm I wave sure they're very beard. grateful. I wave my, bat, my beard at thee. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Go Giants. Go Giants.